Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. This is Morning in America's Nick Smith, and I'm so happy you're joining me for this edition of In the Mix. Here at News Nation, we cover a lot of news, but there are always a few stories that I think need a little more attention. And you know me, I always have more thoughts than we actually have time for on Morning in America. So here is where I share those with you, as well as extra content that didn't make the cut during our live show. So welcome to In the Mix with Nick Smith. Hey, 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 everybody. I'm back once again for In the Mix. I have to tell you how much I appreciate each of you taking the time to download the episodes and also comment. You know, those comments help in the ranking. So anytime you hear something that you like or something that you have a question about, drop a note in the comments. Go ahead and uh, after you've subscribed and you've downloaded the episode, um, you can rate the show. You know, I love those four star ratings. Yes, I do. If for nothing else, because it helps me to uh, move up the leaderboard and it allows other people to find the show. So when you download it and you possibly share an episode, that helps. When you download it and you comment, that helps. And when you download and you rate an episode, it helps. So I love all of that. And it helps me to continue to not only let more people know about Morning in America, but it also lets me... um, introduce myself and the work that we're doing here at News Nation uh, to more people. I've been extremely fortunate with being given the latitude and uh, space or however you want to describe it to do the things that interest me for in the mix. And there are just so many different stories that I cover uh, for different reasons that just click with me that I want to expand on or chat about and hopefully get feedback from you all to uh, engage in a conversation about it because there's nothing wrong with revisiting something that we've talked about before. All of that just helps to add layer and context and develop a community and an audience, right? Um, And this week we were doing something that we touched on last year when we uh, launched Morning in America uh, called Truck Week where we get an opportunity to celebrate uh, the men and women who move our goods across the country. Um, I had the 
uh, good fortune to do two different stories uh, that I pitched, one with a husband and wife team, and then the second uh, focusing on uh, military veterans. And I, and I want to uh, talk to you all about both of those, but I also want to talk about, you know, a story that I did not do, but a colleague of mine did uh, that really hits home for me. And that's uh, a story that Evan Lambert, my colleague out of Washington, D.C., uh, he did a story on how the military is struggling to recruit cadets. Every branch is having an issue. So as a result, uh, they've even started to um, modify some things. And his report was excellent. And I said that I wanted to include it in this podcast so that I could uh, talk to you about my own uh, military experience, but also just kind of talk about the different things that I feel like uh, work when we're talking about uh, the different things that center on uh, the military and the military experience. And then I'm going to close out with um, Senator Menendez. Yeah. Oh, Senator Menendez is. uh... Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. Armor All. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Ah, this is an interesting story because there have been new developments. As you know, Senator Menendez is the senator out of New Jersey who um, uh, is being accused of taking bribes. Well, as that story moves forward, we have now uh, learned new information from an unsealed indictment that involves his wife, Nadine, before they were married, being involved in a fatal accident and whether or not a cover-up uh, may have been instituted in that. So those are just some of the things that I'm going to talk about today. And then I'm going to end by telling you about something very special I have coming up uh, that by the time you hear this, I'll be deeply involved in it. And I will, of course, share that experience about it on the next episode of In The Mix. All right, guys. But I'm going to begin today with a story that caused a lot of debate in the newsroom after I uh, reported on it. And it's a proposal by the mayor of San Francisco to withhold cash from those who are suffering from addiction. Yeah. So what the mayor is proposing, the city right now issues a stipend to those who are going through treatment or um, who are housing insecure. So they get a voucher for housing, but they also get a voucher for, you know, expenses to make it uh, through the month and to live off of. Not much money, about 700 bucks a month. 
Um, but some who are addicts and are struggling with their recovery um, have admitted to using some of that money sometimes in order to um, secure their next fix. Well, because the situation in San Francisco has gotten so bad, uh, the situation of homelessness, the situation of um, the streets and the condition of the streets, it is not uncommon to walk the streets of San Francisco um, in some of the more troubled neighborhoods. This is not all of San Francisco, but in some of the more troubled areas of San Francisco and uh, have to walk gingerly across or avoid uh, hypodermic needles or um, defecation on the streets. Um, And it's a problem. And the residents of San Francisco know that. And for those of you who may not know, I lived in San Francisco for nine years. Uh, It was one of my uh, first jobs as a reporter, but this was on the return of having lived there uh, for six, seven years uh, as an undergrad. So it was... um, It's uh, a place that is near and dear to my heart, but I have seen it change, as have those who also live there. Um, So uh, the city has really gone through it, particularly after um, the pandemic. Fewer businesses have returned to the downtown area. The largest shopping mall, Westfield Mall, uh, that is on Market Street. And I believe, if memory serves me correctly, that should be like Market and 6th. Excuse me, Market and like 7th is what I'm going to go with. Uh, It's leaving. Uh, So it's just um, uh, the retail space, uh, the office space. Uh, A lot of these spaces are sitting dormant. And unfortunately, um, that has led to a lot of... um, the housing insecure building encampments on open streets and uh, as a result there has been a lot of open air drug trading that has become a problem and to help curb that mayor london breed has uh, suggested and plans to implement a um a solution or a fix or what she believes to be uh the first steps in addressing uh Uh, the first steps, uh, the next steps in addressing uh, an issue that continues to be a problem for each administration, honestly, that has uh, moved through San Francisco that I know of. When I first moved to San Francisco, uh, Mayor Willie Brown, was it Willie Brown or am I uh, dating myself? Uh, Mayor Willie Brown uh, was the mayor. I'm trying to think, was I there before (laughs) Mayor Brown? (laughs) I think I may have been. I'm trying to remember now, I tell you. Uh, But it's just been a problem in San Francisco for so long. And uh, this was the report that I did. Taking you to California, a proposal to withhold cash from those suffering from addiction in San Francisco is stirring up some controversy. Nick Smith is here with the details on the mayor's plan. Uh, So, Nick, what's exactly the issue here? The issue is a plan is in place now to tackle the drug problem in San Francisco, and not everyone is on board, Marky. Many of San Francisco's neighborhoods have become dystopian, some citing the open-air drug market as a major contributor. And now Mayor London Breed has a plan to get the fentanyl epidemic under control, which includes cutting off county cash to drug users. This is killing people. Mayor London Breed's new proposal would require those who suffer from drug addiction to be screened and treated before they can receive any cash assistance from the city. A tough love approach as San Francisco is set to exceed its current record number of overdose deaths this year. We see so many more people dying, dying, not just 
going through a, a situation and, and getting better, dying on our streets of San Francisco. Officials with the assistance program explained that this proposal will only impact single adults ages 18 to 65 with no dependents. Right now, 5,200 people are a part of this program, receiving anywhere from $100 to $700 in cash assistance each month. Many of these people have admitted having substance abuse disorders, but have not sought the help they need to get sober. No more anything goes without accountability. No more handouts without accountability. This approach follows similar measures in other blue cities, including New York and Portland. But San Francisco progressives, including the city's board of supervisors, are skeptical about the measure, saying it overly criminalizes those who already fight the tough battle of addiction. The war on drugs punishing poor people for being poor, punishing sick people for being sick, are the methods that we have used for decades in this country. If they would have worked, they would have worked by now. Breed believes this proposal will finally move the people of San Francisco towards treatment and ultimately save lives. We can't say we want to see change and not be willing to make the hard decisions to get there. Now, Mark, it's important to note that if this proposal were to pass the city's Board of Supervisors, it would only impact this one general assistance program. Those who do not comply with the testing or treatment will not lose their housing, just that cash assistance. Okay, Nick, thank you so much. Really interesting. That will definitely be one to keep our eye on. Um, and I'll, of course, um, keep people updated because I can tell you that I moved to San Francisco um, once I got out of the military. And I, I think San Francisco is an amazing city. I think the Bay Area is an amazing place. And I think it's great for those who are still trying to either find themselves or figure out their next move. I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. And I found the Bay Area to be uh, a space that allowed me to figure out that next move in television and journalism um, in a great space. I lived in an area called Santa Rosa which is north of uh, uh, San Francisco and uh, a county called Sonoma County. And uh, it was great. It really was. And then uh, eventually, like I said, uh, San Francisco and in an area called Soma, south of Market. But all of that started because of the military. And, you know, I mentioned to you before, you know, I'm extremely proud of my military service and uh, how it helped to shape and change my life. Uh, but, you know, um, whereas I was able to use my GI Bill to fund my education early on, um, the military has changed a lot, and the military is having issues hitting their recruitment numbers. Uh, my colleague Evan Lambert did a report uh, this week that I thought was absolutely fantastic, and I knew that I wanted to include it on In the Mix this week just to raise awareness about uh, some of the ways the military is trying to adapt uh, to bring uh, more recruits into its fold. You know, much much of the military will fall short of their recruitment goals uh, by as much as 25% this year alone. And that's, uh, that's for a number of reasons. Obesity, uh, falling uh, patriotism. You know, Gen Z just doesn't feel the way about the country uh, many in Gen Z. I have to remember not to use all these uh, singular statements like everybody. Oh, you know, everybody believes, not everybody, but there are many uh, younger people who don't have the same uh, love for country uh, and maybe um, uh, ethnocentrism that uh, many older people do, right? And um, they, they, as a result, uh, that has uh, dampened the affection for the idea of service. Um, and there have been restrictions on recruiting. 
um, centered on mental health, right? So there was a time where had you been um, someone who'd gone through therapy, the military said, eh, now we're going to leave that alone. If you've sought professional care, uh, say maybe for depression. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, maybe you sought professional care uh, because of some type of childhood trauma. Those things, uh, in many cases, were disqualifying factors. So I think the problem is multifactorial. If we can agree that uh, younger people have fallen out of love with the military, then the military also has to do uh, what it needs to do to adapt for a changing generation that uh, may have found other ways to cope with stressors in life. Uh, the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard are all expected to fall short of their recruitment goals this year. Uh, and a spokesperson for the Air Force actually told News Nation uh, they'll likely miss their goal of 26,877 new recruits by 10%. By 10%. And the Coast Guard said they will only fill about 75% of their numbers of full-time, non-commissioned recruits that they need. So the problem is across all branches of the military. Um, and Evan's report really hit on that. Well, it is no secret the U.S. military has had trouble hitting recruiting targets these last couple of years. Earlier this year, the Department of Defense estimating the three primary branches, the Army, Navy, and Air Force, would fall short of their recruitment goals for 2023 by up to 10,000. Some of this has to do with the current worker-friendly job market and the fact that the pandemic kept recruiters out of high schools for a period of time. But physical fitness tests weeding out potential recruits and at times disqualifying soldiers who must pass a physical twice a year have played a role as well. Washington correspondent Evan Lambert is live at the Pentagon. So Evan, it sounds like we're seeing changes in the way various branches assess physical fitness in response to this. Kelly, we'll get to that in just a second, but in many ways, physical fitness and recruitment for the different branches going hand in hand. The biggest problem that we're seeing, according to officials, is that plummeting number of young people who are eligible to serve both physically and academically. And that leads to this dismal recruiting environment that we've seen backed up by numbers. Top military brass estimated the Army, Navy and Air Force would not make their enlistment goals for 2023. That is the fiscal year that ended yesterday, short by 10,000, 6,000, and 10,000 recruits, respectively. The services that are meeting their goals for the year are the Marines and Space Force, which do not seem to have the same problems as their counterparts, at least when it comes to this year's enlistment numbers. Pentagon leaders blaming a few things here. First, the pandemic severely restricting in-person recruiting efforts in high schools, a lack of connection with military service uh, for possible recruits, and also that competitive private job market. Those are the reasons that potential enlistees aren't signing up, they say. There is a bright spot, though, Kelly. The Army has seen success with a pilot program that we witnessed last year to get recruits in better physical and academic shape and ready for boot camp. There have been nearly 9,000 recruits graduating from that program about a year after its debut. And now the Army has simplified the often dreaded tape test for soldiers, 
measuring now just one point at the waist to gauge body fat. That is expected to have more soldiers failing that test, but they are able to appeal it essentially and use new technology if available to them where they're based, these body scans, these whole body scans that are supposed to be a more accurate way to measure body fat. They can appeal that decision and turn to that new technology in some instances. Kelly? Well, it is a big problem. Want to keep an eye on. Evan, thank you so much. So we will see where things go. I think the issue also falls on those of us who have served. We have to do more to talk about the benefits of service, and we have to do more uh, to be a positive reflection of what service can be. Um, you know, people tend to gravitate to the things that they see. So if you can hold your head high and talk about how it benefited you, um, it is possible that those of us who have served and had a positive experience or find it a positive thing to do uh, can help to spread the word and encourage others to consider swearing an oath to the Constitution and defending uh, what I believe to be the greatest country on earth. Um, I had an opportunity we, to pitch a couple of stories for uh, Truck Week. And um, Truck Week allows us to have an opportunity to center on and the um, uh, American experience of those who are driving and moving our goods across the country. And husband and wife team, Scott and Angela Griffin, um, they spent the last seven years working and driving together across the country uh, in their big rig. And they have a goal. You know, they want to save money and uh, continue their life together. And it was fascinating to meet them. And this was the story that I did for my first story in Truck Week this week. Truck Week here at News Nation. And we're all week long. We take you inside the American economic engine. Everybody has their favorite products, right? From the best foods you like to eat to what you like to buy for your kids, toys, maybe electronics for yourself. Uh, you have all of those items because of the Americans who work while all of us are sleeping to deliver the goods. Husband and wife team, Angela and Scott Griffin, they have more than 40 years of trucking experience between them. And over the course of the last seven, they've been married, working and driving together in the same cab. How do they do it? First on News Nation, Nick Smith caught up with those two on the road. Nick, I have to ask, did they talk to you about how they keep from squabbles? I mean, how do they not fight inside that cab? By talking, by communicating. Angela and Scott were so down to earth and real. Adrian, they even made us breakfast. That's a whole nother thing. I just want to give you an idea. The trucking industry is vital to the nation's economy, so much so that according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, if trucks stopped moving, grocery stores would be empty in three days. Well, Scott and Angela are making sure that doesn't happen. Scott and Angela Griffin have redefined what it means to have a long-distance relationship. Most of the time, like, my seat has to be all the way up because I can't reach the pedals if I don't. The husband and wife trucking team from Maryland, along with their dog, Willow, live and work in this 18-wheeler. 120 hours on the road together, covering more than 5,000 miles a week. It's a lifestyle where time is money and money is time. If the wheels aren't turning, you ain't earning. It's true. And we have a lot of miles to cover. Um, so we want to make sure we're trying to live a home life while on the road. They've made their 13 years of marriage work through hard work and a shared dedication to trucking. Their plan is to steer their way into financial freedom by driving across America together. We want to retire young, so our money goes to the same bank account. So we drive more miles and all the money filters into one thing. So we don't have to do it forever. We can retire much younger. Bye -bye.
and it's working. Call it Trucker's Kitchen. By using money-saving secrets on the road. I didn't lost the cooking. Like homemade. <laughs> yep, she's definitely the better cook. Rig-made meals. If you were to eat out at a restaurant every day and all your meals, you would spend anywhere from $300 to $500 a week. A week. So by the end of the month, that's somebody's mortgage payment. And we're out here to save money and to make big money and to pay off our house. Five days we run, almost three grand a week for fuel. This big truck rolls on 18 wheels, but their love is grounded in a foundation of Christian values. Being together all day, every day, it's possible to get on each other's nerves. That's when they pump the brakes. Dear Lord, thank you for all the blessings you give us. Remembering Ecclesiastes 7-8, patience is better than pride. Grace, forgiveness, patience, you got to have a lot of patience. If it ain't worth getting a divorce over, it ain't worth arguing over. Yeah. That passion and commitment extends to their mission behind the wheel, moving the stuff we need every day. There is no sick days, there's no snow days, there's no rain days, there's no, there's a hurricane coming. It's, you have a job, go do it. So. Yeah. I told her I was calling in sick yesterday. She <laughs> said, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> now, you too can follow the Griffins as they share their life and time on the road on their YouTube channel. Hey, everybody. Simple living. Scott and I have over 45 years experience together and over probably 3 million miles accident free. And so we want to take our experience and pass it along to somebody else. Like this, Jim. Marriage advice for the ages. The driver controls the radio. So whoever it is gets to pick. If you don't like it, go to the back. <laughs> According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, in 2021, 14% of truck drivers were women. And that number, Adrian, is growing. I am following them on all social media platforms. I would encourage you to do the same. Scott and Angela Griffin, again, their uh, YouTube page and um, their Instagram, Simple Living. Simple Living. Drop that G on living. It's living. Simple Living. Yep, they were awesome, as was uh, the, the opportunity I had to speak to the men and women who are, who are veterans who have decided to serve. Now, there's even an interesting program happening within um, the Veterans Department and a piece of legislation moving through the House of Representatives right now um, that is uh, working to remove some of the barriers that some veterans have had who have wanted to pursue uh, their commercial driver's license. Um, so uh, in story number two of my truck week in part of our truck week series, had an opportunity to speak to um, military veterans uh, who are using the experience and the uh, tools that they've learned in the United States military to uh, employ those in the trucking industry. News Nation's way of saying a great big thank you to all the truck drivers vital to the U.S. supply chain. Uh, and it's brought to you by Sling this week. Our Morning in America convoy uh, is on the road again. Yeah, today we're shining a light on the drivers who happen to be military veterans as well. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 10% of truck drivers are veterans. The trucking industry wants to make it easier for those who serve to get behind the wheel. It's a great change of the page, turning of the page in the chapter of a career that started in service. Nick Smith spoke with veterans who are now drivers. What did they have to tell you, Nick? Oh, Adrian Murphy, you know I've talked to you both about how proud I am of my own military service. So I had an opportunity to speak to veterans who have found a way to employ the skills they learned in the military to take those behind the wheel to continue their service to our country. You have to be resilient. 
uh, and determined. And that's all things that are in a day's work in the military, do or die, no matter what, I'm going to get this done. The mindset of a military veteran, from serving our country to serving up your food, toys, and whatever else you buy, veterans are now vital to trucking driving goods across the country. For Iraq War vet and driver Marsha Luckenbill, the values line up, giving it her all on the battlefield and now America's highways. I'm here to do a job and we're going to get it done, you know, and it, it, it's that discipline and determination um, and, and all veterans have that. Trucking isn't easy. Long hours, fatigue, bad weather and bosses who want more, more and more. It's a little difficult job, just like being in the military, but somebody has to do it. I kind of thrive on the hard work, and I, I think that's pretty typical of uh, veterans. You know, we don't want to sit at home and, you know, not do much, you know, like that's, this is what we're built for. And the trucking companies know it. David Valdivia is a vet himself now recruiting for night transportation. Get this, 16% of their drivers are military veterans and they're looking for more. The stability, uh, the willingness to go the extra mile um, and honestly, the lack of complaining, <laughs> you know, we just kind of, just kind of get a lot of stuff done quickly. The company even takes time to honor deserving vets with their fleet of honor. Military-wrapped rigs serving as a constant reminder of the commitment to freedom and the driver's service to our country. They decided to take an oath at one point, uh, these, these, these men and women, um, to, to serve, right? And they get out of the military and they continue to serve. Marky, uh, Marsha, who I introduced you to in that piece, is the recipient of a Fleet of Honors truck, and it's well-deserved. She takes care of her husband full-time, who is a wounded warrior, so it's like two full-time jobs, but she says he's getting better, and she attributes that to both her faith and her patriotism. Marky? Yeah, she has a full plate, that is for sure, and, and so neat to see this next chapter for a lot of these veterans, and they're still serving us today, just in a very different way. Uh, Nick Smith, thanks so much. There are Pretty a lot cool. of people in this country who work a full-time job and are full-time caregivers. And I mean, our hearts go out to them because that's Absolutely. not easy for anybody. And that fleet of honor is a big deal, you know. So the next time you see one of those 18-wheelers rolling down the highway, and if you're on the West Coast, the freeway, <laughs> just give a little nod. Know that that is a man or woman who has served this country honorably. Um, and that they're continuing their service to this country, uh, again, by moving the goods and services that we need each day. And uh, uh, we want them to stay safe on the road. So I tip my hat uh, to each of them. Uh, the story that I think has so many people upset or bothered or scratching their heads saying, what? You know, Senator Menendez out of New Jersey, he is the senior senator out of New Jersey, um, to make a long story short and just uh, the facts, what we know is this. Uh, an indictment was unsealed uh, that listed the number of things that prosecutors found in his home. Among them, um, a Mercedes-Benz uh, that they say uh, was given to his wife Nadine as a bribe. Um, stacks of cash, almost $500,000 in cash stuffed into envelopes, which were then put into jackets belonging to the senator with the embroidery patch of, you know, the state seal. And get this, 
You've probably heard this by now, gold bars. Why is this a big deal? Well, Mr. Menendez says, hey, I always keep cash in the house, you know, just in case of an emergency. And we all looking at, you know, in the newsroom, we're like, half a million dollars, Senator? Come on now. <laughs> First of all, you rolling like that? Half a million? What? Oh, my goodness. And then the gold bars. Uh, okay. Uh, how many gold bars do you have in your home, people? Or how many people do you know with gold bars in their home? All of that, right? I'm like, this brother walking around with gold bars like he's 2 chains. or, okay? I'm like, what is going on here? Uh, but either way, both the envelopes holding the cash and the gold bars that Mr. Menendez says, hey, this is cash from my own account. I always pull a little bit out each week. Turns out the dollar, the money was not only sequential, which if you've been doing this over a number of years, like you say, they would not be sequential. First red flag. Second, the, the envelope holding the cash, according to the indictment, and the gold bars each had the DNA of one of his co-conspirators on the envelope, as well as that of Mr. Menendez. So what is somebody else doing holding these things that you say are yours? Oh, you got to listen to the story. It's, it's, it's amazing because as it gets more detailed, we now know that Mr. Menendez's wife, now wife Nadine, it looks as though she was involved in an automobile accident back in 2018 where a man was killed, but she was never charged, never arrested. I want to make sure I'm very clear because it was determined that the man that she hit um, was jaywalking at the time. But what many know to be protocol would be the testing of the driver, um, blood alcohol test. None of that happened. In fact, she was actually allowed to, um, after speaking with police, leave the scene. So it's raising a lot of questions. And that is um, the latest twist in um, the case with Mr. Menendez and his wife, Nadine. In the corruption case against U.S. Senator Bob Menendez. This has been tricky, you're right, mm -hmm. because he's denying every charge. There are a host of charges against him. And now we're learning that his wife, Nadine, hit and killed a man with her car back in 2018. The two were just dating at the time. Uh, but prosecutors allege that this crash played a role in the bribery allegations facing the New Jersey senator. Nick is here now with more details. Nick. Adrian, good morning. The accident reportedly backed up by police reports and a dash cam video that we're about to show you. It happened while the senator and his wife were still dating. She was found not at fault because the man she killed, Richard Coop, was found to be jaywalking at the time. But it's what happened in the hours and days after the accident that now has some taking a closer look. And that's your statement that you were driving this way, the guy came from this way, and he ran into your vehicle. He jumped on my windshield. December 2018, police from the small borough of Bogota, New Jersey, just outside of New York City, can be seen questioning Nadine Menendez, then Nadine Arslanian. It does expedite our investigation when people can help us out. Because if we can clear you from any wrongdoing, I want to get you home and comfortable and not here anymore. The Mercedes Nadine had been driving severely damaged in the crash that killed Richard Coop, who was reportedly just steps from his home. Nadine not taken into custody and not tested for drugs or alcohol. You guys can stay here for the prosecutor's office? Uh, I 
as of right now, I don't believe so. I believe we're good to release her um, as soon as she grabs the stuff from her car. No charges were filed. The failure to investigate Mrs. Menendez in this automobile accident does appear to be a potential cover-up. There was never a legitimate investigation of this car accident involving Ms. Menendez. And I believe we need an outside investigation to find out why the police department did not follow proper protocol. The accident revelations fill in a missing piece in the criminal indictment filed against Senator Menendez, his wife, and three co-defendants. That indictment mentions the accident and accusations that one of Menendez's co-defendants, Jose Uribe, quote, offered and then helped buy a new Mercedes-Benz C convertible worth more than $60,000 for Nadine Menendez in exchange for the senator's help with an unrelated state criminal case against one of Uribe's family members. I mean, that smells. That, that, that appears to be Uribe buying out Senator Menendez to have a prosecutor then go easy on a relative of his. And that is arguably a crime. Now, Menendez and his wife have pleaded not guilty in the corruption case against them involving trading favors for cash and gold bars. Their trial is set for May 6th of 2024. So needless to say, we will continue to follow this case and see what comes of it. This is interesting. Um, there have been several calls for Mr. Menendez to step down and resign. But, um, you know, uh, several political pundits just believe that uh, it is in his best interest to probably unfortunately hold his seat until on um, the trial is over because if he were to step aside then he's just a normal citizen trying to fight this case of accusations of corruption right um, but as a sitting senator um, he can still command more of an audience and a microphone and again let's be clear mr menendez is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law Ooh, y'all I leave tomorrow to go see my brother and I'm super excited about it and I look forward to telling you all about it when I come back. Uh, but this should be great. Again, thank you so much. Continue to download the episode, leave comments, rate, rank us and share it with your friends. Thanks again. Don't forget, you can watch me and my Morning in America family on News Nation weekdays starting at 6 a.m. in the East, 5 a.m. Central. And if you don't know where to catch us, you can always go to www.joinnn.com. You'll see a drop down box. That's where you enter your zip code and the channel finder will show you the broadcast channel in your area. But we're also on all the streamers, Hulu, Roku, YouTube TV, as well as Amazon Alexa and Apple CarPlay. This is Nick Smith, and thanks so much for joining me for this edition of In the Mix with Nick Smith.
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.